Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Shooting the Shift podcast. Once again, I'm joined by Jeff and Antonio. Guys, you know, Philly's been on a bit of a rough skid as of late, but we got some exciting news. We got a couple prospects coming up to the majors that we're going to talk about and a return to center field tonight. Adubo Herrera is back in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, the Phillies stink. I, I'm the If we could play every game at Citizens Bank Park, we might be the greatest baseball team of all time, but we stink. See, I think you have it, you have it a little bit wrong. I don't think it's a home road thing. If you've noticed, I feel like the majority of the home games, uh, Tom McCarthy has been joined by John Kruk. And oh then Kruk hasn't really done the road games. I believe tonight, first game against uh, the Cardinals, is the first road game I've heard Kruk do. This is true. So and maybe it's just we need to – Bring him on full time. That's what it is. Have John Kruk every game. Absolutely. All right, let's, let's start off with the broadcast team because, Jeff, you called for it at the, right before we started recording, recording – Fire Ruben Amaro Jr. Part two. This guy's a terrible announcer. <clears throat> this guy's just don't, terrible. Don't get me wrong. He's a, a very he has a very good baseball brain. Like he knows baseball, but that does not make for a good broadcaster. John Cruck is like a guy's guy. He's just like the idiot that gets up there and says funny things. And He's that's the guy you makes- want to watch a game with. Exactly. Nothing will ever beat when an umpire was dusting off home plate. And John Cruck went, mm, look at that view. Like that, you never, you don't get that anywhere else. And you That's certainly everyone don't at get home that was with... thinking. We were all thinking now. Like, oh, what a view. And... But you don't get that with Ruben Amaro Jr. And it's so annoying to listen to him broadcast the game. You get, uh, yeah, Tom. Uh, uh, that's why uh, the, the hitting approach uh, is uh, like, no, shut up, Rube. And then I heard, apparently, he said something about the, uh, the Rays and how we have to be just putting balls in play like the Rays have, have done. Apparently, the Rays rank towards the way, way bottom in contact rates. Hey. So does he even have a baseball mind, or is he just dumb like we've always thought about ruin tomorrow sooner? <laughs> yeah, I, took mean, a I don't... guy we hated as GM where – all right, yeah, we hate his moves. He's ruining our baseball team. But we didn't have to hear from him except for once every couple months. Now you're going to make us listen to him for a couple hours a night every every I'm few not a nights? Fan. <clears throat> I'm not a fan. Not a fan. Will, I don't know how you feel about this one, but uh, it is very clear that Jeff and I are in a not-a-fan camp. I, I, I've never been a fan of Ruben. Not going to lie, I didn't like him as a GM either. Because when you Well, no one did. When you signed Cliff Lee – then you trade them, then you sign them back. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? Really? Uh, but I knew uh, one of the friends that I went to uh, the Mets game with back in early April, he was like, yeah, I hate John Crook. And I was like, why? He's like, oh, he was like, there's but just, I feel like, like he's got no taste. Makes sense. He roots for I the feel, Mets. Yeah. That no, too, but no, I feel like Philly outside, he was a outside. Oh, he's, he's just so oh? then. well, that then was, we don't, we don't claim them, but he was like, he sent he sent me the video of John Cruck what dusting off home plate and he was like, Well, that's funny. 
And I was like, exactly. That's what we need in the broadcast booth. He's like, that's hilarious. John Cruck is a hilarious individual. He was like, stuff and that's like, what we need. He was like, stuff like that I can get behind, but he just, he just hates his commentary. I'm like, but that's the commentary that as Phillies fans, we want to hear. It's the stuff that comes out of his mouth. He has no filter. He's just going to say what's on his mind. And as a Phillies fan, nine times out of 10, the stuff that comes out of his mouth is what a Phillies fan would say on Twitter. It's something that a Phillies fans would say on post game after the game. I mean, I think so much things that John Cruck does, I think for the broadcast that as a Phillies fan, you can relate to. I think a John Cruck, Ricky Batalico crew would be absolutely electric. Well, it's we two guys how, with no filter. We saw how Ricky Bo did on the uh, in spring training, so I don't think we will see that happen again. But I, yeah, I mean, they would need someone to call. It would be in case yes, of yes. emergency with the T Mac out. So I think maybe at that point you give Murph a call. The fact that they didn't bring back Murph, but probably dropped well, a bag on Rube. Rube. Because yeah. I doubt Ruben Amaro came cheap. He's got a good baseball resume. Yeah. So it's, it's not like you could just get him for pennies on the dollar. I don't know. If... an analyst. But uh, he probably costs more than – they're probably paying him more than they pay Greg Murphy. And they shouldn't. I don't know if you all saw this. Greg Murphy actually does work for 94 WIP. I don't know if you he all does. saw this. He does. Yeah, they stole him. <clears throat> but, you know, this is really how indicative – it's like super indicative of the Philly season that we start this podcast of so many things we could be talking about right now. It's how much we hate Ruben Amaro in the booth. And don't get me wrong. I hate Ben Davis, Ben Davis equally as much. That guy stinks too. Really? See, I've been starting to like Ben Davis a little more. I think Just because Ruben because Amaro is so bad. Ruben. And I honestly think Ben Davis is probably like a by the book better analyst than John Cruck. But I'd prefer to listen to John Cruck every night. And the the Ben Davis, I think the weird thing about him is just that this longtime backup catcher thinks he knows everything about being a catcher and can tell JT or Yachty what to be doing. And it's like, uh, I think you better just watch and take notes for yourself, Ben. I mean, I, yeah, I don't – I want to get away from the broadcasters because yeah, yeah, there are so many things we really need to be talking about right now. And um, I guess – I don't even know where to start. Do we start with the fact that Odubel Herrera is in the starting lineup today? Yeah. Yes. I think we have to. Um, I mean, Jiminy Crickets, anything's better than – like our center fielder – center fielding has been dog water this year. Supposedly like, when was- Mickey Moniak – got his first hit yeah it's the first time we had a hit from our center fielder in like 13 days right it's ridiculous how bad our center fielding has been yeah. and i'm not convinced it's gonna get any better with odubel herrera well i i heard from outside <laughs> sources outside of the pod uh people on social media were not happy about this news on philly's social media in general people are like why did you bring him up i'm like okay yes he did something that's extremely wrong, but the Phillies as an organization decided to keep him. They had every right if they wanted to get rid of him to get rid of him. And well, the thing is, they didn't. They couldn't exactly. get rid of him. They couldn't get rid of him based on the rules. You could only release someone 
for baseball reasons. If they released him because solely because of uh, his legal issues, he could have filed a grievance and gotten money from them. Well, I also feel like the Phillies probably could have swung it as a baseball related thing with him, but I I'm just not convinced he's going to come up and be any better than what we've had. So it doesn't, I don't understand how the Phillies like Roman Quinn is God awful. Hey, Adam Hazley. I hope everything's all right with Hazley. I think this is the first podcast we've done since he went on the, on, on leave. I hope everything's all right with him. Hope to see him back soon. Um, Mickey Moniak came up and hold my hand up. I was wrong about him. He didn't play very well. And now we got Odubel and we have a revolving door at center field. It's just another position that we need to fill if we're going to be a competing team come September. And it's really disappointing because I wanted our only need to be a back end starter, but (laughs) we need a center fielder. I'm not even convinced that McCutcheon can make it a full season. He's batting at a blistering 178 or something like that. He hasn't been great to start the season. So I, I, I'm just really worried about the state of the Phillies, but it, it helps that the entire NL East stinks right now. Oh, good God, yes. I, I was looking at the standings, and I was like, how are all these teams that bad this early in the season? And I mean, you look at the Phillies, you look at the Braves, you look at the Nationals, they're all within like a half game to a game of each other, and – I think at what nine and ten is where the Mets sit or something like that. Yeah, and they're first place in the division. I mean, right. it's the Phillies are incredibly lucky to be in it still. Um, this division yeah. is super talented, but something really needs to be figured out with center field. Um, thank God Bryce and Reese have been absolutely on yeah. fire. Yeah. Um, that that's really been the the helping point, but I mean I don't know if you guys see it the same way, but I, I we're going to have to make moves, and I think it's going to end up being the prospects that. So Dubal Herrera turns in a, like starts playing well, and we can move him on for other pieces. Yeah, Mickey Moniak probably just wrote his ticket out of here. Probably yes. That's I, sad, think, I think I think he'll be thrown true. in as like a get me extra piece. Yeah, in a deal. Just because I think it was definitely the wrong move to bring him up now. I mean, he hadn't had success in – I don't think he even played in AAA yet. So I would have liked to have seen him get the play in AAA and maybe show some success, prove that he, he was, like, actually figuring it out. It wasn't just a hot spring. But they brought him up, and he showed to be the same old Mickey Moniak from when he was brought up last year. Someone that just was not a major league caliber player. And that for me is why I'm way more confident in Odubel Herrera's ability to be a, a at least playable center fielder for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what we've seen from Mickey so far hasn't been, hasn't been lucky. And I think he's still probably a year out at least. Um, Mayton, uh, I, he's Mickey, closer to being a year out of the of big Philly. leagues. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's they, they definitely uh, professional baseball. Yeah, I mean, I wanted Mickey Moniak, and 
I was really hoping I was going to be right. But, I mean, the fielding, bleh, the hitting. I was hoping bleh. you were going to be right. I was hoping you that you were going to just rub it in my face, saying, look, look how good he is. I would have loved nope. nothing more than that. But can't do it. I think the only thing being an Antonio can rub in your face, Jeff, is the athletics. Well, that we're not talking about them right now. But one prospect who did come up, and we'll probably have to go back down, which stinks once Gene Segura's up back, is Nick Maton, who has been – he has like a, a six-hit streak to start his MLB career. Multiple multi-hit games. He had a double – yesterday was the first time he didn't have a double – at least a double since he came up. Kid's been tearing the cover off the ball. I really like him. He's one of those prospects that kind of came out of nowhere in the I spring. I would say he, he definitely took to Ray as his job for the yeah. foreseeable yeah, I'm, future. I'm fine with that. I could have yeah, taken Torres Torres as his job. <laughs> I mean, Maton's at least played his way onto the bench. He's more so threatening to crack the lineup they're gonna have to try and find some ways to keep him in the lineup yeah i mean i think we we've kind of seen where it's gone a little bit with uh, obviously the injury to gene did not help but we got dd that uh dd came back dd's looked okay i mean the, the phillies lineup in general it's it's just been missing i think um throughout the start of the season and and we hope that they can get a chance to turn it around sooner rather than later all right, so we talked a little bit about the Phillies on the road. We've talked about their struggles. We talked about Nick Maton, but there's still a lot more around the league that I think needs to go notice, Jeff, don't you think? Yeah, I know there's one you want to talk about out in uh, with Antonio's favorite stadium. Uh, yeah, yeah, Ricky Henderson. Let's go, Oakland. Let's go, Oakland. Thir- 13 games, I think, is where it stopped. May have stopped at 12. It was either 12 or 13. Um, I mean, it's just concerning. They couldn't even sweep the Orioles. So, I mean, clearly that makes them frauds, right? They're the number two team in the latest MLB power rankings. Will, you and I were dead on with this pick. We called dead on. I mean, you look at the Angels, and Shohei's looking phenomenal. Um, Mike Trout, again, looking great. Um, but I mean, you look at the Astros, the Astros, uh, we thought the Astros maybe cause they swept the athletics to open up the year. And we were like, all right, maybe Oakland's not the team that we thought they were. And then Oakland comes out and sweeps the Astros themselves. So, I mean, uh, obviously I think Jose Altuve came out this week, said he had COVID, um, unfortunately to hear that. Um, but obviously he's had to take some time off, but I think Oakland's the team to beat in the AOS. We've talked about it. Um, Seattle, again, they're kind of struggling at the bottom. I mean, there's just so many. No, Seattle is, is super hot right now to start oh, the they? season. They're in oh. second place. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, so, I mean, it's like, but those are teams that you wouldn't think of in the AOS. It's the classic Mariners start off hot and then they'll fade to the bottom by the end of the year. Just yeah. enough to get them. Yeah, the Mariners to never are get them 13 a and pick. 9 right now. Yeah, they'll fade. But but congrats to you guys yeah. for somehow figuring out that last year's AL West champions would win the division this year. No way. No way. That's impressive. Hey, don't give me that sarcasm BS. 
because you are not on this pick. You said, oh, the Astros are going to come back and be better. Guess what? Yeah, the they Astros will. They have, have not had their team. So far. They have not had their team. They have not had their trash cans. They're mediocre so far. And the Athletics are on a win streak right now. They're hot. They're playing good. They're up against the Rays right now, 2-1 in the bottom of the fourth inning. I am so happy I was right about this one. But, Antonio, here's the even crazier thing. This isn't even like end of season baseball, like we know the athletics for going on a tear about. In September, in, they always in go September. on a run end of August, there, beginning of there September. There is just a crazy run in August and September, like you said. I mean, I, I've always been excited about the athletics. I think their their starting lineup is really good. You got Matt Olson, uh, Mark Canha is still out there, Matt Chapman. I mean, they, they've got a solid team in Oakland. But I think if you go down uh, to the Bay Area, San Francisco, where where is this team coming from? I mean, difference I, in a good manager versus a bad manager. They have out there Gabe Kapler. We're still stuck with Joe Girardi. I'm dead. I'm dead. No. This man just said, you, but, you're did joking, you just take right? a shot at Bruce Bochy too? I didn't even of- think about that. I meant ultimate sarcasm <laughs> by all that. But I yeah, think I mean, that's I, I think it's just early season. Yeah, the Giants have it's, had everything fall their way. They've had a lot of lucky breaks. Um, I, I don't foresee them keeping it up like I do the Astros. Yep. But hey, I mean, or the Athletics. But hey, I mean, good for them early on. I think they were ahead of the Padres. Who's the? That's the next team I want to talk about on our cool. West Coast tour. Um, Fernando Tatis versus. Trevor Bauer is great for baseball. If you don't know, we are a super pro Trevor Bauer podcast. So obviously we love what he does and we love what Fernando Tatis does. And that budding rivalry is they were talking about baseball on ESPN today. Stephen A. Smith was talking about Tatis V. Bauer. That hasn't happened in forever. Yeah. I think baseball is starting to see a little bit of a turn back into uh what we know and love we've seen these rivalries obviously we had boston and and the yankees but now we're starting to see it in san diego and la i think it's something exciting to see rivalries like this come more and more in baseball i think it's something that the sport has missed um it's it's great to see fernando tatis celebrate and not get fined and not get yelled at i i think it's it's nice to see some fun back in baseball And the fact that Bauer said he's completely cool with the fact right. that right. Tatis celebrated often because he got a homer. That's what you do. You yeah. hit a homer, you celebrate. Right. Yeah, I, I love that Trevor Bauer was for it. I just love that the it's going. And, I mean, there's no wonder that baseball has had great ratings to start the season. Um, I've been looking at it, and they've had some of the highest ratings they've seen in a long time. And it's because I think the young guys are starting to have fun again, and you're getting guys with personalities. And that's been the, the biggest problem with baseball for the last 10 years is that you couldn't pick a lot of these major stars out of a lineup. Like, if you weren't a huge baseball fan, I don't know if you'd be able to pick Mike Trout out of a crowd like you would be able to someone like Tom Brady or someone like LeBron James. And a baseball doesn't do a great job of marketing its players. Um, 
the blackout restrictions don't help. But I, I think it's the young guys are now kind of sh- shedding that trend and putting on performances that attract people, which I love. As long as we're showing some love for some uh, some of our picks, how about we head on over to that AL East? Yeah, congratulations. That was a good pick by you. Boston has – Now, I'm uh, not going to say I thought they were going to be going to win the division. I still don't think they'll win the division. But I, I, I did say I expect Boston to be a lot better than people think. And right now, I would say this is a lot better than people think. Yeah. Sitting at the top um, of the division at 14 and 9. I think it would have been reasonable a month ago to say, like, hey, where the Yankees are right now is where we could see Boston, and where Boston is right now is where we could see the Yankees. The Yankees have been horrible. But, um, yeah, that props to you for calling that Boston one. I, I think I was on your side with that one. Um, I can't remember. I'm. I don't know if Will can find the footage, but um, that was that was a great snag by you. I uh, just, you know, baseball has been wild to start this season. But then so, the Blue Jays haven't had. Uh, they haven't had Springer George, yet, right? right? No, they although haven't. they did just lose uh, Ryu to the DL for a little yeah. IL for a little bit. I don't think long, but I know that it was something. I. I forget it was something with his hand or his arm yeah so they'll they'll he probably won't be out crazy long but the blue jays could make a push for that that top spot throughout the year if once they have ryu back and george springer joins the lineup yeah i mean we all expected toronto to be one of the better teams in the al east um right but i think now the door might be open for them to to take the division. I didn't think that I would be too. possible. It's not possible. I don't like I, I have no clue what's wrong with the Yankees. You know, one of my buddies Everything. is a Yankees fan. He said they can't hit, they can't pitch, they can't take walks, they can't field, they can't throw. He said, hell, I'd be surprised if they could walk and chew bubblegum at the same time. Um they <laughs> they're they're broken right now. And I mean I hate the Yankees so I love to see it. But um you know Baseball has been wild to start yes. the season. Yes. If, if you were going to tell me, we're going to switch to the AL Central. If you were going to tell me that the Kansas City Royals were going to be as good as they were with the team that they have, I would have told you you were. Uh, I mean, I did going into the year. I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but I, I did say it to uh, at base Shesty that uh, I did like the Royals offense coming in they got some guys on that offense they do but that's why that's why i think they're like starting hot yeah it's just they could be carried by that but maybe that's another one that they're gonna fade over a 162 well i mean that's why we have 162 to to prove the legitimate teams from the they're only teams that got hot their only competition is the indians and the well i mean the twins i mean you can't forget the twins but like uh, the White Sox. Well, yeah, that team too. I mean, there's just so many good teams in the AL Central, but like we're seeing the Royals out of all of these teams that are stacked, and the Royals are not stacked. I mean, granted, they have a couple youngsters out there. Two hit what? Yeah, 
You got Brady Singer out there on the mound. I mean, there's good talent out in Kansas City. I just don't think I would have expected them. And like Plus, you said, it's don't early. they don't they still have Joe in center field? Well, don't I don't know. why not on the podcast. I don't know. I can't believe you just tried to do that on a podcast. I just wanted to go for it once. All right, moving on though. I mean, they have one of the best records in baseball with their win today. They're fourteen and seven. That's what I'm saying. Um, you know, Did it's, anyone expect that from this team though? No, nobody expected that. I really do think there have been a lot of surprises to start the season. I mean, I picked the Twins to win the AL Central. They're sitting at pretty at seven and thirteen. Um, you know, Baltimore and Yankees, but the New York have both have a nine and twelve record. Um, I think Atlanta's Baltimore's nine a little and twelve. Surprising. Baltimore's surprising. You're surprised uh, that they well, suck. I, yeah, you're I'm surprised, surprised that they don't suck as bad. <laughs> oh, so you thought they'd be? I thought oh, they'd be worse. One. <laughs> oh, I thought they were going to be worse than nine and twelve. Jeez, well, well, they can. They have a shot. They are major leaguers. Every you five know that, days. Right? I'm just saying. I when the Orioles went out and took two out of three against the Yankees, I was like, what, "What's going on here?" But that's also the Yankees team that that's struggling. Here's a, a little fun uh, piece of information for tonight's game. Shohei Otani becomes the oh, first yeah, pitcher to start a game while also leading MLB in home runs since Babe Ruth 100 years ago. I want to talk a little. Is that about, good? Little, are we seeing one of the the biggest game changing players of maybe the game changing player of our? generation because now you're seeing more and more guys start to get considered as two-way players he'll still play he'll still be hitting now like they they right. forego their dh right it's crazy today, day. they did today they did yeah they've done um, that multiple times to them too right just to ensure his I, bat is always in the lineup well he's getting beat up in the first inning today but um, it's it's three one taxes in the bottom of the first, but I mean he's been like you can't compare him to anything we've seen. No, no. not in our lifetimes. The only one is Babe Ruth, and he's yeah, throwing literally about twenty miles an hour more than Babe Ruth. Like the first game, I think it's the first one of the first games Shohei pitched. He threw a ball hundred two miles an hour. Then to hit a ball 113 miles an hour. And it was the hardest thrown pitch and the hardest hit ball in the MLB up to that point. And, you know, this is, I think it's going to, you might see kids go more and more like this. I think it would be great for the game of baseball. And to, to think that on one roster, you have Mike Trout, who at the age of 29 is about to pass guys like Robin Yount and Pete Rose in career war mm-hmm. and someone like Shohei Otani. And then they have Rendon. The angels are, I feel like every year we say theoretically the angels are one or two pieces away from being a really good team. And they can just never find that one or there's one or two pieces, which is they've never made that one or two pieces pitchers. That's the issue. Yeah, they cool. haven't gotten any other pitchers. And so the last couple of years, they didn't have Shohei able to pitch. And now it's just if they can add another guy to, at the top of the rotation with Shohei, 
They'll have a good team and will compete for the division lead. With the athletics. Maybe. <laughs> Unless the athletics fall off, which they will. No, but I mean, it's just, I think my prediction, Shohei Otani's American League MVP. Book it. This year? This year, he's going to go on a torrid pace, and they're going to have to account for his hitting and his pitching. That would be a very interesting vote if he's, at the end of the year, if he's in consideration. I got my vote. If he's for pitching NL. well and hitting well. How do you not give it to him? This was true. Well, who do you got, Will? For NL MVP? I, I said AL. Why would he win NL MVP? I'm just saying NL MVP. I have my pick. Oh, it's Ronald Acuna. Uh, no, it's actually not Ronald Acuna. Huh? Is it a man worth $330 million? That's the only other choice. No, actually not. Oh, geez. Never mind. Oh, Get so you have the wrong pick. All right, well, tell us who's not winning MVP. Fernando Tatis. I was actually going to say Jacob DeCrom, but that's just me. Oh. It could, <laughs> it could be Tatis, and it, it, it could be DeGrom. DeGrom, DeGrom pulled out his, I, I don't his know best what Shohei DeGrom. impression oh the other day. Is, what, two hits, is the, this the, the game-winning year, RBI. Is this the year Jacob DeGrom finally gets some run support from the Mets? If he gets run he's, support, he's he might never lose a game. The run support. Well, that too. But if he gets run support, he might never lose a game. I, I think I was looking at the statistics. He was his ERA is like 0. .30 and he's batting like 546. <laughs> I, I don't understand. He's he's ridiculous this year. I think he, he has got mad enough for the I mean, the, I, the Mets never letting him win games. So he's going to throw a 0. .30 ERA? I mean. Like, all right. Now I can't mess around and let up two runs. Now I just got to never let up a run. I, again, I and go back to say had, opening series against Phillies versus Mets. When Jacob DeGrom comes out in the sixth inning, you take that as a blessing. Yeah. And he had back-to-back games yeah. in one week at the beginning and the end of a week. He struck out 14 guys. And then he struck out in the next game, 15 guys. I mean, he, he, what, what's there not to say about Jacob DeGrom? 14 and in seven innings, wasn't it? it was uh, like 10 and almost, I think, nine or 10 in a row. Just casual on a Sunday afternoon, Jacob DeGrom. Thank yeah, you very it's much. It's scary. I didn't think we would ever say this is DeGrom on another level. Uh, but I guess it was this is DeGrom it is, on another level. It was impossible for DeGrom to get to another level. And yet – I can't believe I'm fawning over a Mets player because I, I hate the Mets with a burning passion, but it was impossible. In the last three years, we've all said it is impossible for DeGrom to get any better. The only thing he could do better is get run support. And this year, he's just better. And I don't understand it. Will, I will walk back on my statement. He probably could win MVP. He if he keeps this could. up. Striking out 10-plus guys, pitching seven or eight innings. I, I think if he doesn't win MVP, he, he's a he's a shoo-in for Cy Young. I mean, he's probably already a lock for Cy Young. Right. Um, but, I mean, he is, just been without a doubt, he is, without a doubt, the greatest starter in the MLB. Yeah. He is going to, when we are all said and done, 
when we look at back on Jacob DeGrom's career, you are going to put this stretch of dominance up there with guys like Pedro Martinez and the Atlanta big three, except the, that and Atlanta Kershaw. big Kershaw, but that Atlanta big three, DeGrom is having the production of all of them by himself. That is how good he, we, we may look back on him. And I've always said it was going to be Clayton Kershaw as the greatest pitcher of our lifetime. I think it still will be. Yeah, I mean, I would not be upset if it was still Kershaw, but the way DeGrom's going, I mean, it is impossible to see him, to see anyone do what he does, especially in a time he was putting up sub 250 ERAs when the baseballs were juiced. And now that the MLB has de-juiced the baseballs, he might have a sub 150 ERA for the season. The only thing is, I believe DeGrom worked his way to becoming Jacob DeGrom. I don't believe he wasn't crazy dominant, I didn't think. Like, he didn't come up as just like a young stud and just be Cy Young every year like Kershaw did. No, but... That to me still has Kershaw. I'm still going to think of him as like our generation's best pitcher. I mean, I love, and especially now that he's got a ring, but DeGrom is certainly making a push for that two spot in which I probably previously had Scherzer. Well, that's not bad, but yeah, Yeah, I I mean, Scherzer is starting to get on the, uh, on the end of his decline. Yeah. But do you guys have uh, anything else you kind of want to wrap up this episode with? I, we had a bunch of technical difficulties in and out um, that we're very thankful for Will for, to Will for fixing. But anything you guys want to end the podcast with? I would just like to say it is 8.43 on Monday night, the 26th. And currently top of the 5th, one out with Boehm at the plate. And I'm projecting that in this series, we will see an O'Double home run. Oh, okay. Good luck. Oh, well, you got anything you want to end with? Uh, I mean, I, I, I just think the Phillies need to turn around on the road. We're, yeah, hopeful, no sh- we're hopeful this St. Louis series can turn around. We're, 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 we're turning a new page in the Phillies home. Hey, we got a real genius on our hands here, Jeff. That guy over there, he's a real genius. No, the real genius. has got to turn it around. The real I genius think Ruben Amaro could have said, couldn't have said it any better. The real genius is getting rid of Matt Moore and Chase Anderson, but that's a topic for another day. But Yeah, that's a topic for another day. But something we forgot to lead the top of the episode off with was congratulations to the Scottish Phillies fan page for winning our jersey giveaway. They will be getting a, a nice home Alec Boehm jersey in the mail sometime soon. It's going to Scotland, so I can't – I don't know how long that takes to ship. But congratulations to you, my friend. Uh, greetings from across the pond. Thank you for entering. Thank you for listening. Um, yep, the Phillies got to turn it around. They got to turn it around fast. Um, you know, but hopefully we'll be back in a much more positive tone next week um, where we'll be talking more baseball, the state of the NL East, you know, and hopefully the Phillies have a winning record by that time. 
So this has been another episode of the Shooting the Shift podcast. Thank you guys for hanging out on this great Monday night, and we will see you next week. Tuttles. <laughs>